0: If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at five-star B-D-M, B for brand, D for development, M for masters, dot com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand Podcast with host Grant McGall. Are you getting the best quality outcome from your hospital experience? Did you know that the third leading cause of death in the United States is medical errors? My next guest, David Wilcox, and I want you to know how to take care of yourself during a hospital stay. David is a healthcare disruptor who wants you to be safe by putting care back in healthcare. David says the truth is in the data. And he wants to talk to you about how not to be a victim of the American healthcare system. Dr. Wilcox is a doctorate prepared nurse who also holds a master's in health administration and is board certified in nursing informatics. Dr. Wilcox has 28 years of healthcare experience in which he has worked as a bedside nurse, hospital administrator, and in healthcare information technology, which has helped him to develop his unique perspective. On the American healthcare system. Dr. Wilcox has been published in Health Management Technology for his work in patient throughput, American Nurse Today for his work in healthcare mobility solutions, and the American Organization of Nurse Leaders Voice for the use of technology in wellness and patient engagement. Dr. Wilcox is the author of the book How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System. A Patient's Handbook for Survival, available on the Amazon store. Dr. Wilcox is a past member of the Institute of Healthcare Improvement's Flow Community and has presented at multiple national conferences and will present at this year's South Florida HEMS Integrate. Dr. Wilcox currently resides in North Carolina with his wife and their three dogs. Let's give him a warm welcome on the Follow the Brand podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, and welcome to another great session on the Follow the Brand show. We have been doing some phenomenal things here lately. We just wrapped up season one. We're deep into season two. And I wanted to bring a little different flavor to this particular episode. We've got an author here today, and he's written a book. And it's a fantastic book, and it's going to help you to survive an hospital experience, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones and really, truly understand the healthcare system um, from a perspective uh, of a nurse executive who's been in the field over 28 years. He's gonna share with us how to avoid being a victim of the American healthcare system. Uh, he wrote this book here recently, I'm going to let him talk about it a little bit deeper. He is a healthcare disruptor, but he has some great knowledge that we wanna talk about. Not only has he been a clinician, he understands technology, he understands a lot of things that I think will be helpful for our audience. So without further ado, I wanna introduce you to Dr. David Wilcox.
1: Thanks Grant, I appreciate that. You know, healthcare is complex. And it's not complex by accident. I, if you've tried to access the American healthcare system, whether it be an insurance claim denial, or maybe you got the wrong medication at the hospital, it's designed to be complex so that you really don't know what's going on because there are people lying under the sheets that are vying for your healthcare dollars. And they, they're doing some shady things. So we'll talk about that in this in this podcast. But the reason why I wrote this book, How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System, is because people don't know this stuff and they don't learn it until they're in the healthcare system. And that is too late. You need to know proactively how to take care of yourself before you ever enter the American healthcare system.
0: Oh, without question. And I, I've read uh, parts of the book already, and I, I have to read it in measured times because the information is so alarming, number one, and and helpful at the same time that, first of all, I want everybody to get a copy of this book. You need to understand what happens as you enter into a facility. You need to understand what you need to know in order to make sure that you arrive safely from the hospital. Uh, We were talking a little bit earlier. I've been in and, and information technology for 20 years. And then I worked with the healthcare systems for the last five years. And one of the stats that I just could never get over was that the third or fourth leading cause of death in the United States is the healthcare system itself. Going to the hospital could be yeah. detrimental to your health. Help us understand that.
1: So, yeah, number one is heart attack. Number two is cancer. Number three is medical errors. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, clinicians are stressed out, right? Nobody wants to make an error, but clinicians are stressed out. I, I talk about a spot in the book where I actually saw a resident pull up a concentrated form of a drug that should have been diluted and injected into somebody's IV and they immediately died. We coded them and the nurse got blamed for it, not the resident. The resident went on to practice. It's um, it's just crazy stuff, man. And that's why I want people to be safe. So as a nurse, you know, I want to help people. That's that's the core of who I am. And when I see this kind of stuff going on, I'm like, man, people in America just don't know what takes to be safe. I remember I was in a grocery store one time and I overheard a lady saying that she was going to get a procedure done at the local hospital where I worked by a doctor. And that doctor had terrible quality outcomes and, you know, his patients did not do well. And I felt in my gut, I was like, God, can I, do I say something? Do I not say something? You know, and so I'm going up the frozen food aisle, and sure, she's coming straight at me. I said to her, "Hey, I overheard your conversation, and look at you. I work at the hospital. I can't tell you who I am, but you really need to change your doctor. That doctor, his quality outcomes are really bad." And she was like, "Thank you." And so when I saw her in the hospital, she was under the care of another physician, but. Hey, let's amp that up a little bit, right? How do I get that message? I mean, that was one person, one interaction that I was able to help as a nurse. How do we amp that up so that the people in America understand get on the CMS website, check out your hospital star ratings, check out your doctor's ratings. I mean, we're all smooth, right? Doctors are smooth when they talk to you, but are they really producing the quality outcomes that you need? Uh, You want to get the best doctor that you can get and the best hospital system that you want to get. And so getting that information into the hands of the average American is my mission. And that's, and that's what I'm amped up to do. Well, that that's phenomenal.
0: I mean, as far as directing people to, you know, to where they can find this information, because other industries, you know, if you've got a poor rating right, right now, you have social media. Right. So maybe you go to an experience in a Walmart or, or somewhere else at another uh, uh, facility and then you could tell, say, hey, you know, th- this was not a good experience. And they're going to jump on top of that because they want their consumer uh, outcomes to be much higher right because that right. can travel and people get out that wasn't happening that transparency wasn't happening in healthcare but it's beginning to right
1: right so there's a survey that you get after being at the hospital it's called an hcap um survey and you know you fill it out and you talk about what you know if you if you had a star performer mention them if you didn't have a star performer and had a bad experience mention them but what people don't know about those surveys is the hospital actually gets reimbursed according to those to those surveys and their star ratings so we have started to build some of that into the healthcare system so now you're seeing things like patient experience officers or chief officer of patient experience Titles we never saw a decade ago, right? But they're but they're out there now because hospitals have to pay attention. They have to pay attention to what their consumers are saying as opposed to doctor knows best. And if there's harm done, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to go against the system? Right. So, yep.
0: And then you mentioned this other part of this whole healthcare ecosystem. And that is the prescription drug industry, the pharmaceuticals and that whole hair world that's happening in this background that's driving these costs. And I read portions of your book and I still, I got stuck there because I was like, oh my God, this this is alarming
1: information. Do you care to elaborate on that? Sure. So have you ever heard the term pharmacy benefit manager? I have not. Okay. So this is the guy who sits between the supply chain between the insurance companies and the pharmacy, but most of them are owned by the pharmacy, big pharmaceutical companies. So initially this role was when it first came out back when we started to get healthcare cards back in the eighties it was there to get you lower prices for your drug. Well, it silently got bought up by the pharmaceutical companies. And now what they do is they use a series of rebates and coupons from the pharmaceutical companies to make themselves some money on your prescription drug prices. So if your doctor writes a uh, low pressure prescription for you and it's in and he says you can fill it with a generic, well the pharmacy benefit manager is going to be the person who decides whether they get a, you get a brand or a generic because if they've got coupons for brand, they're going to give you a brand name and it's going to increase your costs. Meanwhile, they're going to keep the profit that they got from the coupon. It's um it's crazy. I mean I know an oncologist, right? He had a stage four lung cancer patient. He ordered a chemo, a chemo drug, and it went through. And the insurance company came back to him and said, you can't use that chemo drug. You have to try this one. And he said, No, I know my patient, man. He said, you know, I want to use this chemo drug. I know that it's gonna work for them. Sorry, can't do it. It's denied. And he said, I wanna speak to the individual who denied it. And they said, you can't do that. They said the decision's been made by the pharmacy benefit manager and you can't speak to them. So here's a doctor who can't give his patient the drug that he wants to give his patient. Meanwhile, there's a pharmacy benefit manager probably with no medical training, making this decision about the stage four cancer patient, you know, stage four cancer. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of options. Uh, It's just crazy. And if you're really sick, like, um, you know, if you need a life-saving medication like insulin, man, you're going to pay out the nose for that. Um, or epipens. I mean, epipens went up from 2008 to 2018, 574 percent. So you could, in 2008, you could get them for ninety dollars. Now they set you back about six hundred and seventy dollars. Um, in this for a couple of EpiPens. But people have to have EpiPens. If you've got a peanut allergy, you've got to have one. It's just, you know, it's not optional for you. And the pharmacy companies know that. And they make a ton of money off from people who need drugs.
0: This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Well, without question. So, all these things are important to to know and then understand. I feel there's going to be some changes now because of the consumerization of healthcare. That we can put some shed some light on this subject. We cannot afford as a nation. I think right now, I think the healthcare is one fifth of the GDP of the entire uh, uh, you know, American economy, right? And as our population gets older and older. I don't think that model is sustainable. I know you talk a little bit about that in your book as well, correct?
1: Yes. So fee for service is what you're talking about. So when I show up at the hospital or I show up at my doctor's office, I'm actually making them money. So because I walk in and they can charge using medical codes, they can charge for what they're doing. They're incentivized to give you procedures, tests. Maybe you need them, maybe you don't. Um, you know, unless you say something, they're they're going to pocket it. But there's a there's hope. So under accountable care organizations, there is a system set up called value based care. And what value based care does is you get paid a certain amount for me, you know, to keep me healthy and keep me out of the hospital. If you do that with the care team, then you get to keep the profits. If I go to the hospital, then you're going to eat the, you're going to eat the costs. So here's a good example. My brother-in-law, he had to have hip surgery and he was under a value-based care model called a bundled payment, which basically meant they're going to pay X amount of dollars for him to have his hip surgery. And hopefully you can keep him out of the hospital and, and you can keep you can pocket the extra money. That's you know, that's the in, in, intended um way of doing it. So my brother-in-law, who's who doesn't he doesn't drink alcohol, he's never done drugs as far as I know. He they gave him like Percocet, right? I see cotton. And so he went home and, you know, for pain, he's popping oxys. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't feel good. I think I'm having a heart attack. So they rush into the emergency room. He gets worked up. A cardiac workup costs a lot of money. You get your EKGs, your troponins pulled, you get all, I won't go into detail, but they do all of this. And then they send him home and they say, it's your pain medicine, dude. You know, so he goes home my sister and I are talking the next day. She said, oh, it's so wonderful. These nurses are coming out and checking on him every day. She said, and it's all free. And I said, well, it's not really free. I said, it's under a bundled payment. So they just ate that emergency room cost that you guys went to the other night. And I said, and what they're doing is looking out for their best interests. They're doing his vital signs or checking on him and stuff because they don't want him back in the emergency room. So value-based care is a way to incentivize clinicians to work together as a team. Under fee-for-service, if I go to see my cardiologist and my, my internist doesn't read the note, there's no incentive for him to read the note. I mean, I'm coming there and making money, right? Hopefully he does read the note, but value-based care, that's a game changer, man. You, your internist wants you to go see the cardiologist in the network because all of them are sharing the extra money if they can keep you out of the hospital. Oh my God! So I, I'm glad you said that
0: because you, when I when I've talked to you in the past, you, you framed your brand as a healthcare disruptor. Yes, is, is that right? So how do you define your brand, and and how has it helped propel your career?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because um, back when I worked in the hospital, I was the person who did patient throughput or the movement of patients through the hospital. So I was told to challenge the system, which is something I just do naturally anyway. You know, I I see an inefficiency and I want to go after it and and try to make it better. So when I went into healthcare IT, the same thing, there were all, and you know, there's all kinds of inefficiencies there, right? That you can help with. And and coming in from the outside, people listen a little bit more to you. So as a consultant, people would listen to me. And then when I thought about what I was going to do after I got my doctorate degree in, in 2020, I thought, you know, I need to put information into people's hands about what's going on out there in the healthcare system. And so that brand is a natural for me. Being a healthcare disruptor is something that is just in my soul. You know, I want people, I want people to be safe. I want people to know where the inefficiencies are so that they're not victims of the American healthcare system. Absolutely. Without question. I I truly believe that. And I'm
0: glad that you're behind the scenes looking at those things, I'll make sure I go to the hospital that you recommend for sure. <laughs> Check your CMS star ratings. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So tell me, what is there one thing? And as you look back, I know 28 years in healthcare. care, there was one thing that as you, you look back that you could just, you wish you had known that you said, man, if I had this knowledge before I be, began my career, I would be in a better position, or maybe the people that uh,
1: you help would be in a better position. Yeah. So I got into nursing because I have a handicapped daughter and, um, you know, it was a a midlife career change. So when, when I got laid off, I was working at general electric, I decided I wanted to get into healthcare and, um, I respected the people who took care of my daughter. So I went to LPN school. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to start being a nurse. And so I liked it so much. I went to RN school, but the one thing that I realized, like I When I take care of somebody, whether it be through the book or whether it be in healthcare information technology or wherever it might be, when I touch them, I want them to be better, better because of my touch, right? So when I first went into nursing, I was like, well, I'm helping patients, you know, and then I got to be an ICU nurse and I was helping patients. And there's some stories in the book about that. And then I started working in healthcare IT and I was helping communities and didn't realize that's what I was doing. And now with this book, I'm helping people who want this knowledge. So the younger version of me, when I first went into healthcare, the thing I would have liked to know is you can change the world. If you apply yourself, you can change the world, but you have to apply yourself to do it.
0: Interesting.
1: I like that. You know? So
0: as you look at the, the young, you know, the young, the millennials are coming into this field. You know, it, it was. Is there some career advice you would like to give to them, as they begin to traverse this new path? And maybe they're going to they're going to be in that world, coming from fee for service to value based care to this consumerization to more technology. What advice would you give to them?
1: I would say, you know, I think everybody coming into a nursing career has to has to do their time in the trenches. You definitely have to do your time in the trenches, concentrate on helping people around you, but think about the bigger picture because, you know, when you get into healthcare, you can be disillusioned by some of the stuff that's going on and feel like powerless to change something, but you're not. Don't let that defeat you. Think about what you need to do in order to help the greater picture. If you can do that, you're going to be very successful and you're going to help so many people.
0: Now let's talk about your your impetus the passion and energy you had to and i want to get the background of why you created why you wrote this book I mean what led you to this point where you, said, you know i I need to get this information out
1: yeah so it was interesting i I went to school my poor wife she's been with me for, through four degrees um and I told her I said i want to go get my doctorate in nursing executive practice and she was like Okay. And so um, I started working on it and I didn't know what I was going to do with it, really. You know, I didn't want my boss's job or my boss's boss's job. And so I I got to a point towards the end of it. And I was like, what am I going to do with all this knowledge? Like I learned so much in this program. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to give this knowledge to the American people. I'm going to write a book. And when I first sat down and talked to my wife about it, she said, that's brilliant. And so I went into creation mode. Um, I graduated in May, 2020, and I started the book in June. And it took me till about November um, to get a manuscript. And then, of course, you know, you got to get it edited, and, you know, and you got to get the book cover designed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that kind those kind of things. But my passion was just people got to know this. I mean, I've had so many different healthcare experiences. I just want people to be safe as a nurse at my core. I want people to be safe when they're accessing the American healthcare care system. And you're going to, I'm part of HIMSS, right?
0: And in South Florida, we're going to have our integrate virtual seminar slash webinar in November. You're going to be a featured speaker there. And I want you to just talk about what problem bigger than you, bigger than you, are you passionate about solving with your skills that you feel that audience
1: would like to hear? Right. Yes. So the truth is in the data. Okay. you the truth in the data says that medical errors are the third leading cause of death. Right. Not a lot of people know that. But the truth is in the data. Pharmaceutical companies are making 15 to 25 percent profit for their shareholders, as well as insurance companies and insurance companies. That's a racket. They sit in the middle. They just sit in the middle and decide who gets care and who gets paid. So, you know, I work for a company that's self-insured and we don't pay as much as people do out there. Um, So what I want to talk about at that conference is the truth is in the data. How do we as, as informaticists, clinicians, use that data to understand the big picture and most importantly, to change it? That's what I'm going to talk about. Excellent,
0: excellent. We're going to look forward to that. That's going to be November sixteenth and seventeenth. You're going to speak on the seventeenth, I believe, in the afternoon session. We'll be celebrating our tenth year as a chapter, or at least doing this particular integrate conference, which I think is wonderful. It's a great way to get knowledge and then a better understanding of where healthcare is trending. You're going to be a part of that panel. There's going to be a lot of great, great, great speakers. So I want audience to know if they need to get in contact with you. What what is the best way?
1: You can reach me at my email is well. I have a website. It's drdavidwilcox.com with a dr, not the whole word spelled out. And you can reach me at email at david at drdavidwilcox.com.
0: Well, I tell you, this has been wonderful. And, and before I leave you, because this topic is is critical. It could be life life-saving, right? And I yes. appreciate everything you've done. You share a lot in your book. You share a lot of personal stories. So before we leave, is there a personal story you'd like to leave us with? Some, something, a tidbit of knowledge, just something you would like to go ahead and go off script and, and talk to us. What, what would you like
1: to say? So I think at the center of healthcare is is care, right? We need to put care back in healthcare. It's being caring. And so... I can remember this one patient that I had when I was an ICU nurse and I was busy. This guy was not in good shape and I was titrating drips to keep him alive, but I knew the outcome wasn't going to be good for him. And so in the middle of all that busy work, necessary, busy work, he says to me, touches my arm. And he says to me, am I going to die? And so in that moment, you have to decide whether you're gonna tell him the truth or not tell him the truth, right? And I said to him, sir, I said, with what you got going on, I'd be surprised if you were here 72 hours later. I said, I'm sorry to have to tell you that. And because as a nurse, you go into an innermost space with patients, like a doctor diagnosis, but then they turn the patient over to you to take care of, right? So I told him that, and then he did die about 48 hours later. And I, a year later, I was down in the hospital cafeteria and I saw his wife and she came up and gave me a big hug. She said, she said, David, thank you so much. And I'm like, for what? And she's like, well, after you had that conversation with my husband, he hadn't talked to our daughter in 20 years. He called her on the phone and made amends and and died a peaceful death. And I said, oh, my God, you know, this is why I do what I do. At, at very core, man. I mean, just. Helping that one person and hopefully helping America now with this book to be able to understand that, you know, you can be safe, you can be in control of your care, you can be a partner in your care. Uh, Just that experience. I mean, that's that's what I'm all about. And uh, and that's what the book's all about. And I look forward to you guys reading it, giving me feedback on it um, before I write my next one. So thank you. Go ahead. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to do this. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up a little bit after that story, but thank you. No,
0: you know, just sharing real life, real situations. That is, you know, the emotional quality that goes into the profession of nursing. Yeah. So, in spite of the system that you have to operate in, it's people helping people at, at the at the end and being honest. And having integrity and being able just to tell the truth about what that experience is going to be like, I think that's life giving. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much
1: for the opportunity, my friend. Not, not, hey,
0: I will talk to you again probably very soon, but definitely in, in November. Welcome, you know, for being a guest on Follow the Brand. Everyone following the brand, you can definitely catch us on all the podcast stations, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Google, but we're also going to be repurposing on YouTube. So you'll be able to see this video live on YouTube and we'll look to see you soon. Thank you very much and have a great day. Until next week, follow the brand.